0: is supported by you and the following underwriters. Chappie's Good Food on Main Street and Roxbury for lunch, dinner, and cocktails and Chappie's sister restaurant, the Old Mill Steakhouse just around the corner on Bridge Street. Chappie's open every day. The Old Mill Steakhouse open on weekends. 607-326-7020 or chappiesgoodfood.com. Sounds Good Music House, the record shop on Main Street in Andes for new and used vinyl, including new releases and rare titles across all genres, as well as turntables, mid-century furniture, and original artwork. Sounds Good Music House buys used records, too. Open weekends and any time the doors open. More information at 845-676-6233. 845-676-6233 or soundsgoodcatskills.com. Watershed, Roxbury's coffee shop and market on Main Street in Historic Roxbury. Open from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday through Wednesday with extended market hours until 6 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. Coffee, breakfast, and lunch in the cafe. And in the market, prepared meals to go and basics like dairy, produce, dry goods, beer, and cider. Watershed. Main Street at Roxbury, WatershedRoxbury.com, and on Instagram at WatershedRoxbury. Franklin Stage Company, a professional admission-free theater founded on the principle that great plays should be accessible to everyone. Presenting good people, a comedic empowerment play about trying to make the American dream come true. Apollo Seco Dance, performing contemporary flamenco. Julian Fleischer, singing original tunes and classics from the great American songbook. And Tolliver and Wakeman, a play about two colorful local characters during the Civil War. Performance dates and reservations at franklinstagecompany.org. This is Dan O'Connell, host of Monday Morning Music
1: on WIOX Roxbury. As a WIOX spokesperson, I also manage underwriting for the station, and I'm here to let you know that underwriting on WIOX is a great way to support the station and inform the community about your business or service. If you'd like to become an underwriter, contact me for details at 607-326-3900 or WIOX at WIOXradio.org.
2: Listening to WIOX Community Radio, live and local in the Catskill Mountains at 91.3 FM and MTC Cable Channel 20, 107.5 FM on the campus of SUNY Delhi and everywhere at radio.org on computers or smartphones. This is From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Talk about a different forest related topic with Ryan and John. John, how's it going?
1: Going good, Ryan. What's up?
2: What have you been up to?
1: um let's see here uh doing a little hiking hiking around took the baby up uh bramley mountain the other day oh cool Bramley mountain
2: Bramley, bramley bramley yeah how was that
1: uh well we were just talking about it a little bit off the air but it reminded me of forest tent caterpillar days that mountaintop is quite bare that's why you get some nice views up there man there's no uh sugar maple doing doing anything good up there yeah all those dead trees from the uh from 2006 7 eight. right that uh that's what caused that mountain to get bald topped ish all those lookout points but uh the blackberries up there are doing great
2: yeah a lot of the, the four cent caterpillars the most impact on um sugar maple on tops of mountains there's less calcium up there less moisture it's not really a good site for sugar maple so they usually get worm killed
1: worm kelly the only thing that was left was its competitors uh ash and that's getting boar so right. there's not many trees that are doing good up there so well but, burn it all Just yeah i don't it. know it's fine <laughs> like set you a say. fire yeah, the blackberries on. are doing excellent Well that's good so probably Something. gonna go back up uh, in a few more weeks and pick some blackberries
3: um, all right I'm okay go until july august for that
1: yeah well, a few more <laughs> weeks it'll be august
3: well, gotta get right. through july first you gotta yeah. just blink
1: i don't know last time i paid attention to a calendar it was april all of a sudden there you go that's how spring goes it just flies by yep well, today's the first day of
2: summer oh well, black red is the first day of summer and that uh third voice there is mr mead mr gary mead every third wednesday we talk to gary about a different catskills tree and today is uh more of a fringe tree of the catskills it was pitch pine pinus regida how's it going gary good how are you but i'm good you know i'm enjoying this spring and uh, first day of summer hey my air conditioners aren't even in the forecast is not that hot for this time of year and uh the, we're having a mountain spring so far yeah. hopefully it'll be a mountain summer i hate the heat and um as long as it cools off at night gets to around 60 or below i am very happy and that's been happening
3: it has yep it's awesome but, yeah. you know, I'm a berry connoisseur, and black caps or black raspberries are the month of July, and August is blackberries. Because I harvest about 25 quarts of each, and I have them every morning for breakfast. I freeze them, and they, they're they awesome. Black caps are awesome. I uh, love black caps. Black raspberries. Oh, my God, they're yeah. amazing. But they grow right around my house. Blackberries, I have to go forage them, and, you know... Uh, put sticky stuff around my feet and around my clothes catch all the ticks that are out there but well, black
2: caps need edges they don't like the full sunlight you got to find them
3: they so, like a lot of water
2: yeah they, they, they get dried out if you got them in the middle of the field they'll dry out blackberries won't and neither will red raspberries right yeah red br- raspberries don't care at all they the more sun the better yeah but black caps man it's you know they got to grow almost grow underneath something to stay moist
3: well they grow around the foundation of my house and uh, about eight ten years ago they started growing there and I just I cultivate them now I, I I I put you know old cow manure every couple of years on them and I have a little fence around them and, and you know I get a, about a cord every morning when I get up and I get up an hour earlier just to pick them because you got to get there before the birds and uh, they yeah. they still fly at me and scream and it's like, go oh, find your own best you know. ones i ever had
2: in my life and to this day were um in the town of new Paltz. they were putting in a development and it didn't go through so you know they push the top soil to one side yeah. and they do that sporadically yeah. it's now a development now but it failed for like decades after i w- when i was there and in those little islands underneath the trees and stuff were the biggest black caps you ever saw. They um, were three times normal size, and, and they, heads of them. Yeah, So you could pick four, five, six in one little hand and huge pop them never in. seen anything like that ever again in my life well oh, that's how they grow around my house so come on gary and you know Mike. My- don't 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 tell lies on the air well i'm i'm not no nope. gary i've seen those ber- listen I, <laughs>
3: you think i don't know those 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 things are they're no good for you anyway But so i don't want people coming <laughs> in and- just <laughs> say
2: one more thing about berries man uh people complain about kingston um they just you know boring i guess City of Kingston's got good fruit around, right? Yeah. And I talked about mulberries, especially the true white mulberry that tastes like honey. That grows behind gas stations. I love it. But I was walking the other day on Front Street or wherever by the stockade, and and you know I can't grow service berries. You know service berries they'll grow and they always get mimosas. They get this disease on it, and, or the berries or the birds will pick them before they ever get ripe. And there was three of these suckers in a stupid parking lot, growing through a crack
3: and the awesome asphalt. they were ripe
2: <laughs> dark purple the way they're supposed to be and that is the most underrated berry there is but you'll never get to pick it most years if ever yeah. terrible <clears throat> but anyway not, they just, like pavement
1: you just you
2: just picked them
3: i was picking them eating wow. them yeah and sarah
2: wanted to go to dinner i was like yeah, yeah they here <laughs> could have saved us 120
3: dollars. i saw it on facebook you're out there picking and you know, i think 11 years yeah married yeah and, 11 uh, 11 we're years. going out to dinner and ryan's still picking berries so cool <laughs> 11 <laughs> years
2: good
3: lord <laughs> i know it it yeah. just don't seem that long but anyway well that isn't that long actually. <laughs> it depends
1: on who you ask <laughs>
3: <clears throat> just kidding uh
2: pitch pine it's a pretty cool tree you know it's one of my favorites this, this to me is what reminds me of home really is pitch pine dwarf pitch pine that is up on the Chihuangic Ridge. Um, between New Paltz and Ellenville is a ridge, and there's some of the coolest-looking, scraggly trees eking out an existence on just about no soil. That like, they're kind of growing on duff, clinging on rocks, and they can be uh, they can be over 100 to 200 years old. Some of those
3: four-foot-tall trees. Yep. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. <clears throat> Top to the mountains. Well, you said uh, you know they make turpentine and you know different. Uh, salves out of it for drawing out splinters and and uh I, I i never knew about the turpentine part but i knew about the salves and stuff that was i think predominantly what it was used for and
2: we're talking like seventeen, eighteen hundreds, 1800s right yeah you know it was they stopped using it meaning they meaning uh the, probably the british navy i would imagine When when longleaf pine was um, discovered in the south and had more pitch, I guess. That's what I read, anyway. Yeah. How do
1: you make turpentine with it?
2: I don't know, John. What do I look like to you? A Navy guy?
1: I don't know. Pitch pine connoisseur?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You probably boil it down somehow.
2: I
1: don't know. Distilled, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah they they would must add something like alcohol or something to break it down and i think you tap
2: it just like a maple tree but probably during the summer obviously Mm -hmm. and and boil it down somehow i guess it makes rosin which is a cool word by the way right anyway um that as well so from from the pitch
3: yeah i've never sawed one actually they're they're not really harvested trees they're they don't grow down and there's none around locally here and there's only certain ridges they grow on
2: yeah you're not gonna find them because in the in the better sites they can grow like a like a saw log yeah um hoppy has some on his land but they're the they're the so if you're at hoppy's right and he's got oak and maple and they're big trees 80 feet tall And then there's these pitch pines that are maybe only less than 18 inches in diameter. Yeah. They're the oldest tree there because they need full sunlight. So they're they're living off of a legacy when someone was either clearing, burning, or both. Yeah. And (coughs) I I cored them, and they were, 10 10 years ago, they were 115, 120 years old. Wow. Those
3: trees.
2: Nice. So my point is that they're going to be the first trees to grow and the first to die. Right so in the better sites they're especially not going to find them
4: right that's
2: why you can only find them growing on rock because no other tree can grow up there
3: uh what yellow birch seem to grow on rocks
2: i'm talking about (coughs) shawanga conglomerate okay rock (laughs) like it's it's no joke even yellow birch will give up the ghost and not build yeah i mean i've seen yellow birch on talus slopes on the catskills but this freaking rock is unrelenting it's yeah. uh like literally there's hardly no soil there's like no soil
3: yeah
2: you, you can't even find a place to put a tent stake in the ground
3: huh you can't so it's a big ledge more than it is a rock it's a huge ledge
2: it is it's like icing on a cake there's yeah. all shale underneath the ridge yeah. and then on top it's all this conglomerate
3: that you know and you know what little bit of soil there is from when the needles fall off and you know leaves blow in from somewhere else and mulch down yeah because uh you know our forests they create about a sixteenth of an inch of of uh, topsoil every year from the leaves falling off Hmm. so you know if you have 12 inches of topsoil or 16 it took 16 years to get an inch of soil yeah and that's just a roundabout number i mean it's uh you know, it might be a little more in some places where there's heavier leaf foliage, but, you know, for the most part, you know, our leaves fall down and they turn into soil. And, uh, you know, I use all that stuff. You know, I don't throw anything away. And, you know, I trim my hedges and I put them at the base of the hedge. I don't haul them off to the dump somewhere and dump them on the dump. It's, it's, it's organic matter, and it's it actually feeds the hedges. And... Yeah, you know, I don't really like my hedges. They're a pain in the neck to keep... But I keep them healthy. <laughs> no, like, no? <laughs> anyway, but, you know, I cut them. Uh, the green stuff mulches down about two weeks, and I run over them with the lawnmower and blow them right into the bottom of the hedges, and it keeps them really healthy. Because when they put the sidewalk in front of my house a few years back, sidewalk goes to nowhere, <clears throat> but... Uh, you know, Hubble's moved them back, and I thought they were going to die. But uh, you know, they're pretty, pretty hardy, and, and now they're healthy as as get up. I think that was like six or seven years ago. But you know, they suffered for three or four years.
2: Yeah, I've seen at least five people in the last twelve years walking on that sidewalk. Goes, I know. They... Goes to your house though. <coughs> but you get <laughs> so.
3: F- That's five yeah. people. You get so far it's on it, happen. and and you got the retaining wall, and you know, then you're. I don't know. It's a sidewalk to nowhere.
1: I've walked around that retaining wall several times. Yeah, so John has. I've been there.
3: Cautiously.
1: (laughs) Cautiously. (laughs) Yeah, you you pretty much run past it. Well, I was
3: told they're going to move the sidewalk and put it down to the uh, fitness, blah, whatever, center for, uh, you know, in the future so Uh that you can cross the road and, and keep walking, but... Yeah, I don't think many people are going to sign off on that. Uh, yeah, I think people yeah. drive there
2: anyway. But, um,
3: anyway, we're talking about pitch pine I think
2: I'd, there's pitch pine uh, in love... Middleburg. There might be on that, Broman's nose. I'm not sure. I think there might be, though.
3: Yeah, I'd like to get a log or two in, saw it up, and, you know, heart uh, uh, pine, which is harvested, and actually most of New York City was uh, big beams in there were made out of heart pine, and and when they tore the buildings down, you know, like Excelsior and Kingston and those Reclaim guys, they would take these, I mean, the, the beams I mean, they harvested trees that were 100 feet they cut them at 50 foot, and then they, you know, there were beams inside the, all these buildings in New York and, and when they knocked the building down people come in and you know, uh, I went down to Ron Sawyer's one time. They had one that was 18 inches wide by 24 inches thick, and it was 30 feet long. Where's that, Ron Sawyer's? Uh, and on Salt Hill Road in Kingston. Hmm. And, uh, you know, he resawed it and sent it to me, and I kiln-dried a lot of his stuff, and he probably sent me a couple hundred thousand board feet of a heart pine. And But when I dried it in the kiln... The bottom row, there were puddles of of pitch on the floor. And these are 125 years old, but Uh. they were never kiln-dried. So, you know, you bring it up to 160 to Mm. actually uh, crystallize the pitch. But in between each layer, there were puddles. of, of, And when when it's hot, it's sticky, but when it dries, it's hard. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would always, you know, pop a little bit in my mouth not it, it's not lethal or anything it really tastes good and you know just throw it in you know spit it up good and start chewing on it once yeah. you warm it up it it turns back into like a, a gum type of substance and uh, i never swallowed it but you know it's just good to you know suck on it's really it, it has a really good flavor to it and uh yeah you know, i went to the farmer's museum once and they had white pine pitch like the old days you used to harvest that and put it in flour and a little bit of sugar and that stuff is nasty <laughs> i mean that's that's like better make your eyes tear really but the hard pine it was it has a lot more more mild but i'm i'm pitch pine i never actually had that and the reason i wanted to have the show with you this time cuz i don't know a lot about pitch pine i want to learn And uh, Ryan did that hike about a month ago, and I emailed him right away. I said, next show, let's do pitch pine. So that's why we're talking about pitch pine. I don't think, uh, you know, I've been in the lumber business all my life. I never had a log come through my mill yet or a piece of wood from it so i got excited of course i'm gonna get excited about that and uh you know i i just have to keep learning more and more and this is it's actually a local tree i mean it's not real local but it's in the general area <coughs> you know uh it follows fires so it, it, follows, it, it fires. follows
2: where people have been burning
3: so at yeah. the top of the mountain they and they don't have any competition up there because they're, like, one of the only things that can, can survive. Especially
2: if there's been um, a legacy of fires. So the other place you might p- find pitch pine in the Catskills would be Samuel's Point. Where's that? About Boyceville. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's a, kind of like a shoulder off of Wittenberg. Yeah. It's up there. But since there hasn't been fires as much, you see something really weird going on, like pitch pine growing next to balsam fir. That's just not right
3: Mm -hmm. balsam
2: fir does not like fire but then the whole understory is mountain laurel
3: yeah
2: and that likes fire every 25 50 years or so and if it doesn't get it it'll start getting shaded out so it's like hell on earth walking up there though because it's just thick thick mountain laurel with pitch pine i went up there one time i was like oh it's really cool but it's like you look around you're like you can't even move anywhere you know yeah but but there are some pitch pine did you see ticks up on your hike huh. it's the weirdest thing ever i didn't pick off one tick up there i don't know uh, what was going on that's what i'm talking about it's, it's, it's very strange because <clears throat> been... it freaked me out because the second day all of a sudden i'm sitting there and i'm getting ready to come out of the woods and i was like i didn't pick up one tick on this trip yeah and i was walking through uh you know chest high mountain laurel and blueberry and, and freaking azalea even too and it was just like, wait
3: a second. See, it, it's always it's always been like that up there. So, mm. you know, it isn't something. And you know, down here in the valleys where the farms, went out, you know, the things grow up, and uh, basically, I we've we've incorporated kink incubators into our yeah landscape here. And because when I was a boy growing up, we never, never even worried or saw a tick and uh you know it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago they started becoming prominent and uh well i have a poem to read tonight about that so yeah. i got thinking about it and i wrote it on i think june, 11, june 11th or something like that but i just sat down and wrote it and I, I just remembered the days when i went swimming and you know we'd go down to the river and you know just you know in the middle of hay and whatever and take all our clothes off hang them on a tree limb jump in and cool off get back out and you know always barefoot and then you know go up after uh, and, and start mowing hay or something for the afternoon but never ever worried about a blood-sucking tick yeah and never huh? i've picked at least 25 30 off my body this year but i've Coat myself with essential oils every morning, and I think that's why they don't embed themselves into me. You know, they jump on me and they look for, you know, a place, but they don't like the oil. Mm. So, you know, I I find them, and I think they're jumping out of trees now because I I seem to be finding them in my hair and on the top of my body where they used to, you know, uh, when I go blackberry picking, I put, uh, I wear high rubber boots and, you know, I put duct tape. Backwards around my my boots. So if they do start climbing up, Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you <laughs> at all. My goodness. I had a a about uh, when I was 64. That was five years ago. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was bad. I mean, and I didn't even know I got bit. So I think yeah. my cat brought it in the mm-hmm. house and. It got me while I was sleeping. I mean,
2: while we're on the tangent of ticks, man, um, I don't know. I, I, totally a hypothesis, but I think the lack of fires and people's pets is what fosters ticks. I yeah. really do. I don't think it's the warming of the no. climate or anything because it's warming everywhere. But we have ticks at above 2,000 feet. Yeah, it's warm in there, but it hasn't warmed enough at that elevation to say to make that much of a difference you would think you know what i mean it's it we have ticks everywhere at every elevation almost and it's like i think i do i think something's going on with that
3: well once they started you know uh, producing down lower they they migrated you know up higher and that's where they started they started on abandoned farms i think um you know they love hot and moist and you know, fields that are starting to grow up into forests. Yeah. I mean, it's a—it's just—it's a, it's just, it's a tinket, Well, our farm was cleared by the cows and the horses and all that. We had, you know, two hundred plus animals on a two hundred acre farm, two fifty, but yeah. and. The woods were clear. I mean, the cows went through the woods. They had paths. The river, along the river, you could fish. You can't even get close to the river anymore, and you can't yeah. walk through a field with, without you know the, the goldenrods and all that stuff were up yeah, around. That's a good
2: point. Your the, eyebrows. Where I find the most ticks are two places that come to mind. One would be Stewart State Forest. That's an old airport that has grown up. Yeah, oh, it's not an old airport. They bought it for Stewart State Airport to be as a buffer. Yeah. And they were farms. They condemned the land, which is really sad. But uh, I used to work there for the D.C. That place had so many ticks; it was unreal. Yeah. And then the other place would be the Vernoykill. along the along the stream. There's like these edges and these old fields. Yeah. It's just loaded with ticks, man. Yeah. Never seen anything like it.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, back on the dog thing. I mean, we got a really good gauge because we have a we got a bird dog and we do a lot of bird hunting. So she's in. It's not only is. She amongst it, but she's like going into that thick cover that the ticks are in. Yeah. So I mean, it's common thing, but there's one property that we hunt that's a failed development that I'm kid you not. We've had two days where we have picked over 100 ticks off the dog oh. after a single 30 to 45 minute hunt.
2: Yeah, that's what the bird dog people down Stewart were tell me.
1: These yeah. just you put her on the tailgate and two people as fast as they can pick with two hands each, so four hands going boom 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 pulling so what do you them do out. with you know, that throw them on the ground that's where they came from what are you gonna do with them i mean throw them
3: in a uh, kill them yeah. don't let you them live
1: get, <laughs> there's so many it literally looked like the her face was moving and so swimming bring With bring
3: a little jar of kerosene with you and well, throw well next in time the, i will gary
1: but i didn't kill, expect kill, it kill kill you know i, I mean, didn't expect I'm, it i mean we started squished them on the tailgate but that wasn't worth anything. Whatever.
2: Year. Yeah, you can't. I
1: mean, I mean, yeah, the amount on the dog wasn't going to do anything compared oh, to the amount that's on the property. It's ridiculous. it's amazing.
3: Yeah, but, you know, when you go from now on, bring some kerosene or something in a jar. Just throw them in there when you pick them off.
1: Yeah, us, though. I mean, we have some on us. I just, want them, us, I just maybe, want them
3: dead. <laughs> well, I'm
1: telling you, Gary, the amount on that property is, the, the, wasn't going to do anything so, without one attempt. But.
3: Well, they're so hard that you can't kill them. Yeah, now, you have them. to take something like a piece of metal and squish them, because You try to do it with your your nail, and you know I I've hit them with my thumbnail, and I've used that to open bottles. But you know I can't even crush their you know their outside thing with my wife can with her
2: nails, but she's got longer nails than you. Yeah, probably. I watched her. You can't do that. She did. I was like, oh shit.
1: (laughs) Roll, roll your fingernail across them on a flat surface. <laughs> on the backside, they squash
2: you, No problem. <laughs> so, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest every Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tonight's topic is Pitch Pine with Gary Mead. Talk to Gary every third Wednesday. He owns Gary Mead Gallery. Yeah, so, you know, Pitch Pine follows <clears throat> fire. It's it's the poster child of, uh, poster tree of, of fire. No fires, no Pitch Pine. And where you're going to find Pitch Pine is where humans have been, right? Uh, that would be Albany. That would be Lake Champlain. That would be New Jersey. Uh, has Lake pine. George, yeah, from Lake- what I've heard, has pitch pine, and it makes sense. Humans <coughs> want to well, live Al- by
3: lakes. Albany, gilderland They still do controlled burning up there, and yeah. the pine barrens. For the it.
2: what is it? The, the bird there, the uh, oh, the uh, blue butterfly. blue. Oh, sorry, yeah, butterfly. Yeah. um Long Island. Uh, you know i know a lot of people talk smack about long island but let's look at it objectively this is a place where humans would want to live yeah there's a reason why there's a lot of people living on long island it's this long island that juts out into the ocean beautiful and uh that's why fire island all these places they uh they have pitch
3: pine yeah and a lot of white oak yeah Yeah.
2: regardless of now look at the difference this is why i always talk about culture over climate look at the difference in temperature between you know growing seasons of long island to Lake Champlain, right? They yeah. both share pitch pine. Yeah, that's from humans. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. But anyway, or even Albany. You know, Albany to Long Island's a big difference.
3: Yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like humans myself. <laughs> but so if it, pitch pine
2: needs humans, uh, it's probably the only tree besides apple that really needs humans a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of the forest, I would say it's probably the most one of the most dependent on humans. On yeah. humans. Yeah. And we're losing our pitch pine on top of the Shawangunk Ridge. Um, there's photos showing how dense it's getting up there uh, with oak and mountain laurel and sweet fern and sassafras comes up and starts to shade out um, pitch pine. But there's still areas up on the ridge where it's these pine barrens or pine plains, some people call them. Yeah. And right. it's really cool. I mean, there's, like, no other place like it. And it smells like it just, somewhere down south, you would think. Yeah, like, I, you know, I
3: would imagine. Yeah. Yeah and uh and well, rattlesnakes because pine is when i dry pine in the kiln i go in there and i just sit in it for you know not when it's uh really really hot but you <laughs> Sauna. know about 130 is is a good temperature because it's sort of not real humid yeah. just starting to it's you know might be a, a half to a third to a half dry like, you go in there without cooking in the beginning uh it's like lobster going in a pot of water it's just like it burns your skin you do
2: that in the winter uh gary go hang out in florida there in uh in your sauna in the kiln
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's actually worse than the kiln 125 humid than it is 150 when it's arid yeah and you know at the end of a, a, a kiln charge you go in there and the i come out and my my clothes smell like pine and you know i don't wash them the hell yeah Yeah. it's beautiful (laughs) until they get you know really disgusting (laughs) right yeah i have to wash them but anyway so yeah i'll invite you all over when i'm doing pine next time to come walk through the kiln sure that smell like a pine tree
2: i like it that's (laughs) what i like like about them fires from cal or uh canada the other you know that pine smell is kind of neat i didn't mind it
3: you know no it's uh you know it's been going on a long time fires and you know, it's just the way of the world. And once they start, it—I mean, they're going to get some, uh, like John was saying, the blackberries on top of these mountains are—it's uh, f- amazing. You know, whatever. Once we lose something, something else picks up the slack. Yeah. And blackberries—you know—after you get a, a property logged within three years, blackberries will be awesome
2: there's another i should just mention you know uh, other trees that grow with pitch pine um, there's some places that are just pitch pine like those pine barrens but chestnut oak there's, uh, blueberry huckleberry laurel azalea but also there's a really cool shrub bear oak i don't know if you guys have ever seen it but that's another one that's extremely fire dependent yeah and uh you can only <coughs> find it in a few areas uh, that have been really burned over. That's a shrub. It's a shrub that doesn't grow above deer brows.
1: Produces an <coughs> acorn, though.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, just reading this, uh, it's used, you know, to preserve ropes and you know, like hemp rope. And I remember back on the farm and and different barns we went in because uh, and and properties that I went through their barns, there was always this rope that was was kind of really. Dark in color, and it was it was it, I think that that had been treated with the pitch pine so that it's water resistant and it actually uh, uh keeps the rope strong and and preserves it and I always wondered why that rope was kind of a reddish kind of a color and you know it just dawned on me i I bet they were you know they, you know they they probably put you know thin it out with turpentine or whatever, and, and they yeah. they coated the ropes with it to to preserve them. Cause you know they didn't throw stuff away back in the the old days, cause you know it was hard to find after you got it, and you preserved it and you respected it more because it wasn't so readily available. And uh, you know that's uh, that's my course of life now. I don't you know I I reuse coffee filters not because I'm cheap. Because I don't want, you know, if I can use the same filter five times, it's, uh, you know, it's less work on the, you know, on the environment. And it has nothing to do with money. So, oh, you know, you're trying to cheap, trying to save money. It has nothing to do with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely nothing. It has to do with the environment. And we can't just keep throwing stuff away. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's so much stuff that can be recycled you know through the winter you know in my furnace I I uh... from I think September to March I had one bag of real garbage everything from a table goes out into the mulch pile anything that goes recyclable goes into recyclables, the plastics and all that, all the cardboard goes into the furnace and uh... In the summer, I have a little more garbage because I don't have the furnace going. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have one bag of garbage in five oh, months. Man. So, yeah. anyway. I got garbage. I, I got garbage. four kids. So. <laughs> I,
1: got two, I got two bags of diapers alone a week. So
3: yeah. <laughs> And you're not burning no diapers. <laughs>
2: My kids are getting off diapers, so it is, it is starting to finally go down.
3: Yeah. Well, when I had kids, we had two two bags of garbage a week yeah basically and you know it was a constant trip to the dump but i live alone and and uh you know it's a whole it's a whole different uh world for me now and but i most of all what i enjoyed the most of my life was raising my kids there was nothing you know that was that, that fulfilled me even more than that and i missed the heck out of it and uh now I hate to see them, uh, uh, but they're all doing excellent. I mean, I have a grandson, 14 years old, and he took a biology SAT and he got 98. Now that is awesome. And he's a, I mean, they're they're good kids. So, you know, I'm proud of that. And you can't stop time because I always wanted to invent this no grow pill, feed it to him. <laughs> no grow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, a funny uh, comment but and, uh, but you know if anybody out there has a pitch pine, that uh, you know if Hop has one that he's willing to part with I'll take it right and just and I'd around. love to saw it and I wouldn't sell it I would saw it and I put it in my house in New Kingston because i'm taking every species of wood i can and i actually have mountains labeled from where the tree come from
2: that might be your best bet and he's happy there and
3: having uh you know uh but i'm not sure if up in gildan then the pine barrens are there pitch pine in there
2: it's all pitch pine it's It's
3: all pitch it's
2: just dwarf pitch pine because the site is so so bad meaning rocky that they don't attain height But if you were to go down in the mountain and and they get light and burning, then they can attain 60 feet. They can do it.
3: Well, Maybe I'll, you know, because there's some land there that, you know, Matt goes hunting on and whatnot. And, you know, if I see one that's dead, I might inquire about, you know, getting to harvest it. I only want one. You know, I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. You know, bring a skitter in and helicopters and all that stuff to start homes. <laughs> no <so>. helicopters, <laughs> huh, Gary. Yeah, all right. No, no helicopters.
2: <laughs> uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to From the Forest. Tonight's topic is Pitch Pine with Gary Mead. listening to from the forest every wednesday 6 to 7 p.m tonight's topic is pitch pine with gary mead so gary um pitch pine this is a survivor this is a a weird tree though and the reason why you might be wondering why does pitch pine survive fire so much well it's got a lot going for it Uh, it's really three different things one it's bark is very very thick making it kind of resistant to fire But the other thing that's really weird for a conifer is that it can sprout it can sprout like um adventitious buds or whatever along the trunk and branches so even though the top gets killed it'll sprout like a like a like a uh, hardwood tree yeah but more so even these little tufts or water sprouts will come out and uh, that's pretty neat the the other thing is it has serotonous cones which um are dormant until they get heated up by temperature, and then they release seeds. And I was looking this up. If you ever want to know about trees, like one of the best resources that people don't know about is the USDA. If you look, look up their plant database, they go through the silvics, the biology, the habitat, the range, everything on every single tree. Pitch pine, they had a lot of information, more than they normally do. Fire, I mean, half of it was just Fire and how it affects it Mm -hmm. but anyway um they found that areas that didn't burn very much where pitch pine was i mean it burned at one point but not recently they had less serotonous cones and then areas that did burn on a one to five ten year interval there was way more far more serotonous cones so Mm -hmm. the trees adapt
1: so you're saying yeah i had a question that meaning what like they can have they have the ability to produce a cone that can open without heat yeah Wow. I thought that was like one of their downfalls they had to have heat
2: no I don't think so so no oh, wow. um so according to the USDA Forest Service um more serotonous cones found on trees with more frequent burning Wow interesting that's yeah. Yeah, pretty cool right so can produce cones oh the other a fourth thing that makes it um resistant to fire is that it can produce cones at the young age the spry age of three oh wow which is you know crazy for a tree that's crazy. It's crazy for any any like anything shrub. that's not an insects,
4: <laughs> <laughs> right?
3: Well, and the, I see if you want to grow them, you uh, soak them in boiling water, or put the cones in the oven at one hundred twenty degrees. Yeah. Then just <laughs> cover it with three inches of soil, and it'll grow. Yeah. Just protect them. Yeah. So that's cool. Did you take bring any cones home
2: with you? No. No. Never thought to grow pitch pine. I just don't think it would be happy. You know. Uh, well, maybe it would. Yeah. Uh, well, buy buy a fire pit maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought to uh
3: I mean where they are, they're up on the mountain, you know, they're they're so rare, you know. What's the PH uh I don't. I wonder what the pH is. The very added. gotta be it acidic. Be if all a, that
1: blueberries uh, growing well, up it there, it can definitely well, it tolerate
3: acid soil. Acidic, yeah. and it's growing on rock. So yeah, I mean, the only alkalinity it might get is from the rock base. Yeah, not that rock up there, but yeah. What's that? That
2: that conglomerate has no buffering capacity. In fact, that's why Lake Mohonk has fish. Right. Because there's sections of it where the shale comes to the bed of the lake yeah is exposed whereas minnewaska has none because it's has a shangham conglomerate base so the acid rain and whatever did it in pretty good yeah apparently i we've heard i thought from one of the smileys who owned Mohawk mountain house that back in the day a long time ago there may have been fish in minnewaska or wasting i don't remember right. but both of them have no fish today that's why they're crystal clear there's just nothing that grows in there it's too acidic. No kidding. But Mohawk has fish. Right. Yeah. Right by the mountain house. Huh. Yeah, that's your stomping
3: ground up out there.
2: It's a cool place. There's nothing like it. There really isn't. It's its own world. Um, So the wood is just like other southern pines. Not that I know much about southern pines. All right. Uh, Heavy, hard, stiff, and strong. Used traditionally in the past uh, for pilings, supports structural timber. But... Doesn't really become a saw log in our area, so never really used in quantity. Um, because of its resin, it doesn't hold paints or varnishes very well, but does hold a nail, apparently, or a screw pretty well.
3: Why well, with the resin, you wouldn't need a finish on it? I mean, we put finishes <laughs> yeah. on wood to preserve it, and it's like teak and, and black locust. I mean, it's already got a preservative in it, and you know, you could put a finish on it or protect it some, but. You know, it doesn't absorb like a, a piece of pine will absorb a lot more finish and hard and soft maple than any uh, you know uh, black locust. Black locust, it's very easy to finish. It sands just to smooth real easy. It dries easy, and and uh, you know, because that's what I learned from different species of woods. That you know, outdoor with black walnut, that doesn't take a lot of finish either because mm. that has a lot of oil in it. That's more of an outdoor wood too. I mean, that's uh, interior exterior wood. The only thing that you know exterior woods change color when you put them out in the sun, and they do that. You know, nature does that, and it makes them gray. The woods that break down turn black, and the sun absorbs, makes them hotter. the The ones that last outdoors they turn gray, which is a color that reflects the sun, not absorbs it. So uh, you know, I paying attention. That's what I learned about that. But anyway, I have a a, a poem to read before we uh, have to go. Do I have time to read this, Rye? Yeah. Too. And this is called "Blood Sucking Ticks." And I wrote this six eleven twenty three when I got up that morning. And uh, I got thinking about it, and and it just uh, this is what. I wrote, days gone past, roaming meadows, pastures, forests, streams, free as the wind and fluid as water running downhill, stripping off our clothes, hanging on limb of a tree, just after a warm summer rain, running for the stream, jumping in without any thoughts or concerns, refreshing water flowing over our soft skin, getting out, grabbing our clothes, putting back on, Wet, shiny bodies glowing in the bright summer sun. Days gone past, roaming meadows, pastures, forests, and streams. Not once ever worrying about blood-sucking ticks. Pulling our clothes over our bronze, wet skin. Sticking a bit. Running through the pasture barefoot. Drying as we ran. Hopping on the John Deere tractor to go mow some hay. Grasshoppers. Jumping all over the place and birds catching them while butterflies and bees gracefully adding to this bliss The smell of fresh-cut grass and flowers in bloom Was a bounty of paradise when I think back to this and days gone past roaming meadows pastures forests, streams not once ever worrying about blood-sucking ticks Midday park tractor under a tree, having a bite to eat. cross leg in the warm grass and soil under that tree. Hopping stone walls to the pasture to take a leak. Cows all lying in the warm summer sun. Back when I was young. Nighttime many summer nights, threw a blanket on the ground. Making a fire in the stone fire pit we laid up. Told stories as we warmed up something to eat. Potatoes and beans and skillet warming, hot dogs cooked on a stick. Days gone past, roaming metals, pastures, forests, streams, not once ever worrying about blood-sucking ticks. For reasons I will never figure out long as I live, why farmers were so disrespected for all the hard work they did. Farms were going out of business all over the place, landscape overgrown, Creating tick incubators like a plague that has taken control over where we go, giving folks diseases that doctors may not even know, and fearful thoughts preparing every day with repellents. Days gone past, roaming meadows, pastures, forests, streams, hoping, praying, someday soon, finding a better way to make these blood-sucking ticks go far far away and that's my poem for tonight <laughs> I mean people
2: forget uh, I mean you know we've talked about in past shows but um you know there's something to be said about preserving we have a lot of forest today that grew from these farms but even forests, obviously we talk about forest management and and the, the more open spaces especially the more recently abandoned farms People forget that these used to be places that were not absentee. They were taken care of. They were. Yeah, you know, for example. Well-managed. Japanese barberry and multi-floor rows have been around for hundreds of years. They're a problem today because of absenteeism. They're I mean, allowed. Yeah, they're allowed. The, yeah. the farmer's not there taking care of his land. When, and we take that for granted. Like we, we woke up and we forgot that people used to be
3: on this their land every
2: day. Yeah. It's like you can't and, you can't substitute that.
3: Yeah, you know, we had a couple, you yeah. know, hundred plus head on our farm constantly. The woods were clear from the cows and the horses grooming them, and the Plattekill stream. I used to walk that with a fly rod and fish, you know, for a mile, you know, a mm-hmm. mile and a half going up the stream, and the cows walked along the river, and uh, there was a path there. I can't even get near the stream anymore. It's it's overgrown with willow and and forget about fishing. I mean that's yeah. that, I mean those days are gone. But you know, when I move back to New Kingston, I'm gonna put some you know a few cattle you know beef cows or something on the property for mainly that reason just to to, to kind of tame it back down to where it, it used to be because I miss that. I really miss it a lot. But, mm. You know, when it's a lot of. I mean, I didn't realize how much how important the cows and the animals were back in the day, because our pastures are always green, the meadows were always green, and now it's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of. You know, the golden rods grow up, and they and it's just brown, and it mulches down, and and uh, well, you know, like that's why I kind of composed this poem it's signs of the times and I've been writing about my life probably since 98 pretty aggressively and you know I put my life in poetry and it's it seems to work it reminds me of you know where I came from and where I am and you know where we're going so uh, you know and and uh, but if anybody out there has pitch pine that they want to get rid of I will buy it from you and I swear I won't sell it. I, I just want to put some pitch pine in my house because uh, I'm going to have every species in these mountains in my house. And yeah. you know, I uh, there's so many different uh, species that don't grow locally here, but local, you know, is as far away as uh, Long Island for me. And any trees that grow between here and there are, are you know, fair game for me to to put something in my house that's of that species. And we have a lot of them. And somebody sent me a picture this week of a tree. It wasn't a very clear picture, but I couldn't identify it. And it it's upsetting. <laughs> it had a kind of a glossy leaf. they really super... She said that they were... smelled really good. And they had clusters of flowers. Because when she first sent me the text, I thought maybe it was a... Uh, 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 a bean tree, a uh, catalpa, because uh, they're flowering now. <clears throat> but it wasn't the upside down yeah, cone there's shape. Mulberry, there's hackberry. Where does she? You know, it, it was where she lives. a cluster of flowers, and most of them had been, you know, wilted down. I couldn't even see the color of them. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I uh maybe after on the way back I'll show you a picture of it. and mm-hmm. Maybe you can tell me what it is. But it has a, yeah. uh, it's like a. A poplar leaf, um, more like a a, a a birch leaf, with a little fat, fatter and glossy.
2: Well, we're out of time, and uh, if you missed the show, it's Pitch Pine with Gary Mead. Up next week is uh, the White Oak Initiative. So, have a good night. All right. Peace, everybody.
3: Thanks for listening. Good
5: night, everyone. His eyes were red, his were dead, and the wine was running low, and the old man came home. From the forest His tears fell on the sidewalk as he stumbled in the street A dozen faces stopped to stare, but no one stopped to speak For his castle was a hallway and the bottle was his friend And the old man stumbled in From the forest dark and dingy staircase the old man made his way. His ragged coat around him as upon his cot he lay. And he wondered how it happened that he ended up this way. Getting lost like a One so dear Who'd loved him in the springtime Of a long forgotten year When the wildflowers did bloom In the forest She touched his grizzled fingers And she called him by his name And then he heard the joyful sound Of children at the gate. Out town where the river runs down from the forest with the mighty roar the big jet soars
0: above the canyon streets and the Delhi IOx is supported by you and the following underwriters. The Catskill Revitalization Corporation, home of the Delaware and Ulster Railroad based in Arkville, and the Catskill Scenic Trail for hiking and biking along the old.